Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hey, how you doing? You with Jamal Williams and you listening to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the Epic Roster Watch Podcast, brought to you by RosterWatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap, and joining me today is a man who is one of only two men in the world who can claim title to having at one point in his life being able to boss me around and tell me what to do at my own job. His name is Ian Kenyon. He's the deputy editor over at Bleacher Report for NFL. Ian, what the hell's going on, brother? Not too much. How's it going on your end? <laughs> no, it's, it's 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 fine, man. If people don't know what I'm talking about, uh, I I used to write. I used to do some writing at Bleacher Report, and Ian for sure was the uh, editor over there who would tell me the assignments, tell me what to tell me what to do, tell me when I wasn't using enough embed, in, embedded media or uh, wasn't using strong enough language, etc. Uh, and do you know what, man? One of the things that one and I don't even know if you guys still have this as a um, one of the um, – because I, I know like stylistically outfits change and stuff like that. But whenever I was writing at Bleacher Report, I remember – and, and the, the thing out of everything that I took from it that the editors would always suggest is I remember you said – and at the time it was Colin who said yeah. um, don't, don't ever say – don't ever qualify something by saying in my opinion or by, by saying, uh, you know, if, if we're being honest or, you know, it's like – we're in the business of giving opinions. It's like it should be you come to you come to this site, you come to read this. You should understand that what you're reading is something that I think and it's something that I feel is important enough to you know write about and, and, and to put my name on. Clearly, you don't need to qualify that by saying, in my opinion, it seems a lot stronger to say C.D. Lamb is the best wide receiver in this class than to say C.D. Lamb is the best wide receiver in this class, in my opinion. Yeah. It's and it's it, it's something that you know at the at the time at the time you guys would would get on me about and now I don't allow anybody to write in my opinion or similar qualifiers over on roster watch so it's, yeah, you're, kind of, you're kind of discounting your opinion at that point because you're saying like well I think this but it might not be actually true so exactly exactly so um yeah man so so y'all's uh, y'all's y'all's uh, your effect on me has, has has lasted this long, at least in that regard. So, uh, hey, so but about football, I, I wanted—I know you're a Green Bay Packers fan. You live up there between Minneapolis and Green. By the way, is it fucking still cold as ice up there? Like, is it still super cold? 
it's actually super nice here. It's uh, 45 degrees here in mid-March, which is rare. Um, I mean, it was freezing cold a month ago. We had a week where it was like negative 10 for a week straight, but it's been a beautiful winter. Like outside of about a 10 day stretch, it's been between 30 and 40 every day, which is all we can ask for right now. That's him. See, that's, that's still cold. That's still cold as ice to me. Um, but so, but yeah, anyway, you're up there between Minnesota and Green Bay. Clearly you, clearly you, you know, you, you, you know, you follow all these, all these NFL teams and all these NFL players at, at Bleacher Report. You guys actually right now have the the uh, draft stuff you have going on, which is really cool. Um, I think Brandon Thorne is is doing the offensive line write ups. Justice Mosqueda, edge guys and stuff. Um, what? Who are the other two? Uh, you said you had Corey Giddings. He used to be a scout for the Giants. What's he doing? DBs. Can you get people a breakdown about what you guys are doing right now with the uh, draft stuff that you're overseeing there at Bleacher Report? Yeah, so we set up a BRNFL scouting department where we have Nate Tice handling quarterbacks, running running backs and receivers, uh, Brandon Thord handling offensive linemen, Justice Mosqueda handling front seven players, and Corey Giddings handling handling uh, defensive backs. Uh, Corey was a scout for the Giants and worked with Michigan State and Northwestern a little bit, and uh, Justice has done a ton of work with front seven players. He um or for optimum scouting for a while and then brandon's done a ton of stuff with offensive linemen over the years and nate's a former college quarterback who has a show on um the athletic uh podcast and he's kind of like a quarterback um running back receiver you know guru in that area so we have a good set of scouts who are looking at their position groups and we set up a grading scale for them and they're working through about 300 scouting reports this year that'll be out um, the weekend of the draft. And it's been really fun. We're collaborating on uh, big boards. We pulled one out last, last week, which garnered some attention because we had some unique grades. Landon Dickerson and uh, Rashad Bateman were both in the top 10, but. Oh, what really? Yeah. Rashad, Rashad Bateman was in the top 10 overall. Overall, he was the number nine overall player and number two receiver behind Devonte Smith. Yes. So, 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 so no Jamar Chase. Uh, so Jamar Chase was he at three? Jamar Chase was number three. Yes. What? What is it? so? Look, I was, I was, I was leading in to say I want to ask you about Green Bay because you live there by Green Bay. You're a Green Bay fan, but I'm going to table that because this is interesting to me. Devonte Smith, uh, how 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 worried are you guys about the about the weight? Um, the BMI stuff like that, and whenever you take his evaluation into consider, whenever you take into consideration in his evaluation the fact that Jalen Waddle wasn't uh, healthy for most of this year, and maybe he would not have been as productive in a sort of a late breakout senior season if Waddle would have been healthy. Did like did you take those things into consideration? And what what is it that what is it that went into these grades that had him grading? Uh, because it feels like that's a little that feels like it's a little bit. It's actually kind of kind of contrarian to have Jamar Chase's third I, I think I haven't I, I haven't seen anybody that has Bateman ahead of Chase um I don't think it's as contrarian to have Devontae Smith as number one because I mean he's the Heisman Trophy winning wide receiver and everything but people do say like oh, I feel maybe a little feel a little bit safer with Chase because of the earlier breakout age that you know maybe not as many worries about the BMI stuff that people talk about can you just kind of talk about that 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 top three and what sort of went into those rankings yeah, so I don't want to speak for Nate, um, but 
just in conversations we've had, um, I know he, when we originally talked about it, he thought he was going to be a little bit lower on Devonta Smith because he's more of a big receiver guy. Like he's not big into like the Tutu Atwell, um, Garden type. Um, like, you know, those are guys you take on day three because, you know, you, you don't want to be the team that takes Tavon Austin top 10 or everyone's yeah. top 10. So <laughs> more on the um, bigger receiver mold, but when he watched Devonta Smith, like he was so good. He'd get so much separation. He plays big. Like he's 6'1", 170, but he attacks the ball like he's 195 pounds. So, and he's, he can control the ball through the catch point. So from that perspective, I think he, he's everyone's just betting on the outlier, right? Like Devonta Smith is going to be an outlier if he hits. Like there aren't receivers his size with that BMI that go top 10 that hit very often. Like the comp for him is typically Marvin Harrison, Torrey Holt, that type of archetype. But um, you have to hope that he becomes that player. Like there's only one Marvin Harrison over the last 30 years. Um, but he could be that outlier and that's what you're kind of betting on when you grade him that highly as for Bateman. I know, um, when we talked about him, he's just so polished. He's kind of got like the Michael Thomas type body route tree, everything, you know, he's so polished for a receiver. That's the second time this, this week I've heard the Michael Thomas comp for him. Yeah. I've seen that a lot of, a lot of different places and, it's one of those things where, you know, you see people putting like Kadarius Tony above him, but Kadarius Tony was not a traditional wide receiver at Florida, and he's undersized. He's a position convert. Um, where you see someone like Bateman, he's your prototypical outside wide receiver profiles. Like I also see a lot of like Devontae Adams in Rashad Bateman. Um, I don't think he'll go top ten but that's not really what the grade's about. It's more about, um, you know, what they could be. So that's kind of where we're at on those two. And then Jamar Chase, um, I mean, he got a top 15 grade too. I think it's just more about how strongly um, he felt about Bateman and Devonta Smith. Yeah, so that's, that's, I mean, it's interesting to see. And of course, you'll be able to find all that stuff. And the, I, is, is, is that currently up? I, w- I wish I would have known that was up. I, I would have had a look at it before we came on. But, oh, okay. but, but people can find that right now at Bleacher Report or like they can yeah. find it on your Twitter. I'm sure you've tweeted it out. Yeah, it's the uh, Bleacher Report NFL Draft Scouting Department's uh, big board that dropped. Uh, Last week, it's uh, went through the top 100. Grades were done by the scouts. Um, like I said, I don't want to speak too much for their opinions, but that's uh, from what I gathered talking to them. That's kind of where they're at on those prospects. Uh, I, and I don't mean to put you in a spot where, where yeah. you're having to speak for them, but but yeah. what? Are, but as far as the running backs, just can can you tell me the the uh, the the general order of the top guys? Do they have Najee one or Etn or who do they have at one? I gotta look it up. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't like. I said I don't. I don't. I don't mean to put you on the spot. And and and, and the show sheet that I had Jen send over was absolutely pathetic. I, I should have. <laughs> I should have had you a little more, more prepared. So yeah, Najee is number one um, with Javante, 
Williams, Michael Carter, and Travis Etienne fourth. Travis Etienne fourth. Do you think that might change after he weighed in at 215? I guess we'll just have to see. Yeah, it could. I haven't talked about it, but I could definitely see that getting bumped up if he's, you know, I think a lot of people thought he would come in high 190s, low 200s, and to come in at 215 and run low 4.4s is impressive. That's impressive for sure. Um, Aaron Jones has been impressive. What do you think of that segue? He's be, he's be, he's be, he's been impressive. He's been more impressive than it feels like the Green Bay staff ever gave him credit for. Man, like I see you at the comp, I, I I see I see you at the combine some years, and you know how we get to address these coaches and these GMs and stuff. I'm always asking, like, God damn it, did you finally see enough from from Aaron Jones to to give this dude the rock during the season? Like, not to have there be such a committee, and they, you know, you have these guys saying like, um, I remember. I remember last year the Fleur, he said like, yeah, yeah, he he had he had he had a great year, you know, and we 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 love the way he ran all this stuff. And he goes, actually, we think that we're probably going to add a, we think we're probably going to add a third guy. I'm just like, what? You just said you just I just thought you said that you liked him, like all this, and they, and they do true true their word. They go and add AJ Dillon. Now it looks like Aaron Jones, you know, he's it looks like they're going to let him test free agency. Do you think? First off, what do you think of that? Uh, and secondly, is there any like is there any slight change? There's some whispers that maybe the Packers actually still maybe want him a little bit. Um, do you think that that's a possibility? Do, do, you, do you think he's gone? What do you think about Aaron Jones? So I have some cognitive dissonance when I think about Aaron Jones, because like as a fan, I love Aaron Jones. He's one of the best, you know, seven or eight running backs in the league. He's part of the engine that makes that offense run um, probably the best running back they've had since Amon green. Of course you want to keep that on the roster, but in the current construct of the NFL, giving a 26 year old running back, a second contract where you're talking about eight to $12 million a year, that hasn't really worked out for anyone aside from, you know, one year of Dalvin cook so far. So I, I would be on the camp of not retaining Aaron Jones and just taking a running back in the third to fifth round to pair with AJ Dillon and just rolling forward, especially for a team that's cash strapped like green Bay is right now. But I think they kind of made a mistake last year in taking AJ Dillon one, because I didn't think his profile was so high that you needed to take him in the second round, but two, just wait a year on that. Now they're losing a year of, a running back on a rookie contract because they took AJ Dillon last year instead of taking a running back, you know, in the second to third round this year. Um, and then there was the report that Green Bay offered Aaron Jones nine million a year in season, and he turned that down. But then Green Bay is not franchise taking Aaron Jones at eight million for this year. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense what's going on. I don't know if some of the reports are wrong or inaccurate, but it's it doesn't make a lot of sense to me what they're doing at running back and to me i would just reset it and roll with aj Dillon and a rookie this year well what 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 about jamal williams i i, I know that he's set to be he's set to be free um does do, i i was under the i was under the impression that they kind of liked him do you think that they like him uh what do you think the future holds for for, for jamal williams i think they really like him as a locker room guy he's known as being like a glue guy and he's uh you know he's big with the green bay media and you know 
the community and local stuff around Green Bay. People around here love him. But I don't know what he's going to command in free agency. If he's commanding, you know, three to five million, I wouldn't pay that for my running back two, running back three. Um, I would just roll with a rookie at that point. But he is someone that I would be more apt to retain Jamal Williams on a low level contract than I would pay big money to Aaron Jones. Jamal Williams has averaged like like seven fifty or eight hundred a year so far. It feels like doesn't feel like he's going to come. He would definitely command a lot less than than Aaron Jones for sure. I, I think it would be interesting to bring. I mean, I think it would be good for. The, I mean, you, if you could get him back on a cheap deal, you get AJ Dillon. I think I would like. I think I would like that. Um, but you know, they could also they could also draft someone new. I just I I don't know. I don't really know who would be in this class. It feels like after the top few runners, it, it falls off, falls off pretty quick. Then again, with a guy like AJ Dillon, even some of these smaller, you know, these these the running backs that, you know, the the Gainwells and the like the Michael Carters and some of these dudes who are a, a little bit smaller could be a little bit more of a jitterbug sort of compliment to who's a big bruiser like AJ Dillon, I, I suppose. Yeah, I'd like to see them bring in Michael Carter. I have actually done a lot of you know TDN's mock draft machine where I give Green Bay Michael Carter in the third round pretty much every time because he looks a lot like Aaron Jones to me when I watch him run. And I think if they were to grab him in like round three and pair him with A.J. Dillon, they'd be a fine duo. That's all you need. I think from a rushing perspective, Green Bay's issue is going to be more about replacing Corey Lindsley than it will be replacing – Aaron Jones, because I think the running back position is a little bit more interchangeable, whereas center's a little bit harder to find. Are they going to finally address um, – I, I didn't want to ask you all this about Green Bay, but now that we t- we're talking about the offense, I kind of have just two more questions. Are they going to finally address I- anything to um, to get other outside weapons besides just Devontae Adams, or are they just happy with you know just peppering that guy and having these dudes – these Alan Lazards and these MVSs and stuff like that. I mean, they're like, well, we, you know, we got to the NFC championship. I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Is it and also it feels like Tunyon came on a lot last year. Is, 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 is Tunyon a dynasty buy for you? Those, those are my last two, two questions. So I think, first of all, I think green Bay will have to address receiver this year because MVS and uh, St. Brown are both free agents next year. So they're going to have to grab someone in there to develop this year to take that job next year so that you're not locked into a situation where you're giving uh Bella Scantling, you know, a four year, $45 million. Expansion. <laughs> um, no, yeah. 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 You don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to do that. But you know, being serious, I mean, if he has, you know, another, if he's their wide receiver two next year and has 800 yards, <laughs> touchdowns, that's what he's going to ask for. So uh, I, I, like, I think he'd get laughed out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's one of those things where you need to start thinking about your leverage and those contract negotiations and right. grab someone in round one, round two, round three to take that wide receiver two role long-term. Um, Tanya, I think is definitely a buy. Um, I, I know Rogers seems to really like him. He throws to him a lot. He's his red zone guy. Um, I don't think Sternberger is good enough to overtake Tanya next year. 
if he gets healthy. And yeah, I think Tanyan's undervalued at this point. Like a lot of people don't know what the future has for him because he's a restricted free agent. But if he comes back to Green Bay, like he could have another 10 touchdown season for sure. And uh, I'm very, very, very interested in Robert Tunyon, myself right now in Dynasty. And we play in a Dynasty League together, the Siege Dynasty Invitational. Uh, just wanted, wanted to ask you a couple questions here about this thing. You brought it up beforehand, so I'll just ask. I'll, I'll, I'll just ask you. In in in, in essence, so I'm, I made the trade uh, late last year um, to basically acquire CD Lamb with my pick in this league, where I lost during the course of the season in a, in a super flex league. Dak Prescott, Joe Burrow, and Christian McCaffrey. My season was over before it started, uh, so I ended up with the second overall pick. Once I realized that I was not in win now mode. Um, I I feel more calm. I I I I traded it for for CD Lamb because I because for one I I wanted I wanted the Dak to CD Lamb connection for the rest of the for the the rest of CD Lamb's contract there it was a little bit of a risk I wasn't sure the Dak contract was going to get done but I wanted that hookup between those two CD Lamb was my clear number one wide receiver in the 2020 class I looked at this 2021 class and I realized these guys at the very top are very, very good. But 2020 felt like a historic class to me, sort of like 2014, where, you know, if this is my top guy in this class, I've seen it for a year already. Um, uh, that It was a trade I wanted to make happen. And it felt like in our Twitter DM thread, uh, Nixon and some of these other d- dudes were a little tilted, like maybe thinking I overpaid. Um, I was like, you guys, I am thrilled with this trade. Um what, what what do you think? Like you don't have to tell me what you think of the trade, but maybe you could tell me how do you th- if, if in 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 a let's just say in this in this dynasty league or in a dynasty league like this super flex tight end premium, would you where do you stack CD Lamb up with these rookies and and where do you maybe where do you stack up Justin Jefferson with these rookies or you know I think it's a good way to give context to hear people's opinions about sort of where the guys who are young emerging veterans stack up against these guys that were kind of having to take a little bit sight unseen. So I'm going to hedge a little bit and say that I think a lot of it has to do with roster construction. I was part of the group that felt you may have overpaid, but then when you look at your roster construction, it makes a lot more sense because you already have Dak Prescott. You already have Joe Burrow. There's no need to add, you know, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson at the top of your draft. It makes more sense for you to add CD Lamb than it does to add Jamar Chase or. No, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. So I like, I think it's one of those things where I actually like the trade for you because it makes your team better. And that's the, the most important thing. As far as the receivers go, I think C.D. Lamb and Justin Jefferson, especially what we saw last year, they have to be above Jamar Chase. They have to be above Rashad Bateman and Devonta Smith. Those guys had historic rookie seasons. C.D. Lamb was on pace for, I think it was like 1,350 yards um, before Dak's injury. And Justin Jefferson just had the most receiving yards ever for a rookie. Playing kind of a hybrid wide receiver one, wide receiver two role for the first half of the season with um, – Adam Thielen, he should be the go-to number one guy moving forward. So I am higher on Justin Jefferson and CeeDee Lamb than pretty much any other player in this class other than Trevor Lawrence. So I think you actually made out pretty well there. 
Cool. Well, I'd love to love to get the positive endorsement from 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 Ian Kenyon here. And then let's just go over your roster a little bit and I'll go through position by position. I will say from looking at it at the very beginning, though, I I think that the especially your wide receivers, it's like this your team has basically your your core. And you might feel differently, but it feels like your core is J.K. Dobbins, Josh Jacobs, A.J. Brown, Brandon Ayuk, D.K. Metcalf. And yeah. that's that's an extremely awesome core to build around. I mean, those are some really, really, really good young wide receivers, and some, and you know, I think the the J.K. Dobbins piece, maybe even more so. But who do you like better in Dynasty? Just out of like, do you like Josh Jacobs or J, or, or J.K. Dobbins for the rest of their careers? For the rest of their careers, I would take Dobbins just because he's tethered to Lamar Jackson that rushing offense. I think. Um, you know, he's a guy who he's younger than Jacobs. He's got more pass catching potential than Jacobs. And I think he'll have a high end running back one season yet in the next three years. Whereas Jacobs may be more of a low end RB one. Do, do you, do you think, and, and that's how we have it in the, in, in the, in this current, on our current Superflex rankings, it looks like, yeah, J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins only twenty. J.K. Dobbins twenty two. Josh Jacobs only going to be twenty three. So they're both of those guys are still real young. It's a really good kind of one two punch there as far as as far as your running back core, and with the uh, with the with the uh, quarterbacks. So you got Bridgewater, Mariota, Minshew, Stafford is what's going to save your ass this year along with Tonga Vailoa. What do you think about the move from, from – I love Stafford. And, I love Stafford and Sean McVay's offense, dude. Yeah, like, see, I'm the type that I'm now trying to move Stafford because I'm trying to capitalize on the uh, boost he's getting from being in L.A. I would much rather flip Stafford for a younger, you know, younger QB that has some higher upside for the long term, but – He's in a great spot to produce for the next two to three years for sure. And yeah. then what about and then what about what you saw at Atua? Do you think I mean, do you think that he do you th- how good do you think is because we had Brian Flores come out this week and say, look, man, he had a bad hip injury he was coming off of this last year. He had some ups, he had some downs. You all saw it, but he did make some of the good throws. We were pleased with them. Uh do you think it's do you think that, that is um true? Uh I don't I kind of I didn't like the way Tua looked last year. Maybe I was not being fair to him because maybe somewhere in the back of my mind, I was I was comparing him to to Justin Herbert and thinking you know that, that was a bad mistake that was made by the Dolphins. With that being said, do you think it's true that they like him? Do you think that and do you think there's any chance that they can just? I mean, they're out of the quarterback business, right? They're they're out of the quarterback business in in this draft with a top five pick, correct? Or do you think that they could end up maybe taking taking a quarterback? I think they could possibly take one i don't think they will but i wouldn't say it's impossible um with tua i'm kind of nervous about tua because he didn't look great and i don't know what his defining trait is you know he's not overly big he doesn't have a huge arm he's not like a 70 percent completion type of guy um he's not super mobile like you know where is he going, especially in fantasy? How is he going to jump into QB1 territory? To me, he's going to perpetually be in that QB, you know, 13 to QB20 range 
more so than he will be a QB one. So I think he's a solid guy to hold on to as, you know, a QB two, QB three, but he's not your high end QB one. And I don't think he has that type of potential either. Do you, do you think that what do you, what are the, like, what do the dolphins need to do? What do they need to do? Because it would seem like they were, you know, last year they, they were on the precipice. They've appeared on the precipice. You look at like, Jesus, look at what Flores has done here. Like it didn't seem like they should, it didn't seem like they should have had the record that they had. Is it just getting the, is it just what, is it getting that offensive line better? Is it developing a running game? What do you do? What do you do? Like, what's your plan? If, if, if you're the dolphins going into this draft and, and, and into free agency, I think they need to figure out, like if I were the dolphins, I would be calling up the Texans and trying to get Deshaun Watson. Like that team is ready to win. So yeah, that'd be, I'd be sick. (laughs) (laughs) And if they can't get Deshaun Watson, I would be looking at ways to upgrade from Tua. I don't know what their grades are on Justin Fields or Zach Wilson, but I personally would have them ahead of Tua. So I think that's kind of the answer for them there. I actually have a bet out on the Dolphins to win the Super Bowl this year because they are. I got it in at twenty-eight to one. They are very. They were very undervalued and underrated last year. They had going into Week Seventeen. They had the same point differential as the Bills. They were blowing teams out. They were on a giant winning streak for the last like ten weeks of the season. They're a team that could come into this year and be a. 13 and three team if they get the quarterback position figured out. Yeah. I, I forgot what it, I, I, I remember that there was an impressive stat about their turnover ratio too. just a, a, a just a really attacking defense. All right. So what about the, uh, what about the, um, what about your wide receivers here? So Brandon, Ayuk, you gotta love having him, AJ Brown. I mean, it goes without saying these guys are dudes. You'll, you know, you'll give your left nut to have in, 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 in any dynasty league, DK Metcalf, you know, same story with him, but you got some of these dudes that are a little bit like, and then here's the other thing. It's a good, good mix of the kind of speculative, um, the speculative kind of up and comers like Darnell Mooney is a guy that I'm trying to trade for in some of my dynasty leagues right now. I'm trying to trade for Paris Campbell in some of my dynasty leagues right now. I, I, I like all those guys, but yeah, Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to catch you. No, no, all good. Um, I build my teams around receivers every year. Um, I'm in seven or eight dynasty leagues. Every single one of them looks just like this. Um, r- running backs are so fluid year to year. Receivers, they're good for seven to eight years. So from, from my perspective, I always stack my receivers. I grab all the young guys, you know, between – age 20 and 24. And then as soon as they get to be about 27, 28, I ship them out for younger guys. And that's just kind of how it always works for me. Um, The interesting trade and the one that's um, kind of unique to the list of receivers I have, as I was going to talk about, I traded DeAndre Swift for Josh Jacobs and Juju Smith-Schuster. Or no, Josh Jacobs and Odell Beckham, uh, which – to me, DeAndre Swift is above Josh Jacobs in a dynasty board, but to me, he's not Odell Beckham away, which was an interesting uh, trade that went down in December this year. 
That was with Nixon because he because he because he drafted Jacobs. Yeah, because he actually I think he sniped. I think he sniped me or no, no, no. What it was is I, I forgot Jacobs was still on the board. And I, I forgot what, who I ended up taking. I think I ended up taking the one point zero two rookie pick. Anyway, um, what do you think? What do you think about what do you think about Odell? What do you think? I mean, what's the. He's like between him. I'd like to hear what you think about him and and Juju. They feel like player. They feel I I, I know Juju's still young, uh, but they feel like players in similar positions that are both a little bit precarious. Um, how, are you are you are you, are you bullish on both of them? Or are you just kind of uh, I I don't really know if I'm bullish, but I'm still going to hold and see because they're terrific talents. How do you feel about them as as dynasty assets? I think Odell is undervalued right now. I think a lot of people are kind of treating him like he's Josh, like he's Josh Gordon at this point. Like, you know, everyone's just, 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 just beyond the pale. He's just, he's just done or something. And yeah, like everyone knows he was great five years ago, but thinks it's, it's just done and he's never going to come back. But just, you know, 16 months ago, he had a thousand yard season. Like he's not a bad player and he was playing in an offense that I don't think was really tailored to his to what he does well I would say and I think if he can get into I don't think he's going to return to a wide receiver one in Cleveland but if he can find a new team a new start and get somewhere where he's tethered to a strong QB one no reason at age 29 30 31 he couldn't have you know a 1200 yard season yet what about you what about um Whenever you, whenever you look at, look at Juju, do you think that he needs big, do you think he needs a big Ben type? I think Juju needs a new team as well. Um, I was a huge Juju Smith-Schuster fan. Um, Everybody was in Dynasty. He, I mean, people had him as the consensus Dynasty wide receiver one like two years ago. Like, Yeah. Well, he at age 22 had like, or 21, 22 had like the best age 21 season in NFL history at like 111, 1407, um, <laughs> which is nuts. Like there, yeah. there are players. Who, who does that? Who does that? That's <laughs> exactly right. I mean, Devontae Smith is older than Juju was back then. So, That's um, wild, man. yeah, it's crazy. And, but ever since then, it's just been worst case scenario for everything around Juju. He, lost Antonio Brown across from him. Big Ben got hurt. The Steelers drafted Chase Claypool. They drafted Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson's turned out to be really good. Chase Claypool's turned out to be really good. Um, I just think it's it's been a string of bad luck for Juju. And if he lands on a new team in a wide receiver one or wide receiver two role, he can be a strong wide receiver two in fantasy. I don't think he'll have more like 110, 1400 yard seasons, but he could be maybe like a, you know, 80, 908 guy, you know, for the right team. And that's still a good player. And he's only 24 years old, which is crazy because he's entering his fifth season. I got, I, 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 I got to ask you this and I'm, and I'm well aware of your timing. And so this, this will be my last question for you. Um, you have DK Metcalf on this roster. I've been going back and forth. Just, it feels like, so this will be a two-part question. Um, do you buy the Russell Wilson 
um, hype about impossibly the, the trade to Chicago. Like it feels like to me, it seems stupid at first, but people keep saying it and saying it and saying it. And I'm not sure if I'm just being just, uh, what's the word whenever people tell you, they just say something that doesn't matter if it's true. As long as they like, um, if I'm being like gaslit into believing that this could be true or like, or if, or whether it's like, um, or whether it's just, uh, there could be something there. Cause where there's smoke, there's fire. Do you, are you buying into it? Do, Part two. So this is three parts. Part two of it is, uh, does that, does that worry you at all about DK Metcalf and how much? And then three right now in this league, if somebody offered you Tyreek Hill for DK Metcalf, given these concerns, would you take the deal? I would, first of all, I'm going to answer the first one. Um, okay. Well, the last one I'm in, I would not take Tyreek Hill for DK Metcalf just because of age. Um, all right. Fair uh, enough. You know, five year age gap. You've oh, already yeah. laid out that you're a complete ageist. Yes, I'm a huge ageist. I mean, <laughs> there's okay. not going to be anybody on my roster other than quarterbacks that are over 27 years old. There's just not. Right. Um, but so that that would be my answer for that. For the Russ questions, I don't think anybody understands what's going on right now with Seattle and this this, this talk of Chicago because Chicago is so out of left field, like. Nobody understands it. I <laughs> listen, to NFL, listen to NFL live. You listen to podcasts. You see chatter on Twitter. Everyone's flabbergasted. Like why is Chicago even in this discussion? So there's, there's no football reason. There's no media reason. I mean, I guess you could say it's a big market, but then why not have the jets or um, the LA teams? So it doesn't make a whole lot of sense from that perspective. Um, but it's got to be there for a reason that only that honestly makes me think it's probably quite true because why else would that rumor be out there at that point? So um, I kind of buy that Russ is unhappy. I don't think that he'll get moved though, because Seattle doesn't have any reason to do it. Um, it does make me concerned about DK Metcalf a little bit, like I'd maybe give them, you know, a five to 10% discount just off of that. But my main concern with DK is he's being treated right now as a wide receiver one overall or wide receiver two overall in dynasty when he's not going to be a hundred catch guy. And we know Pete Carroll at the end of the day, when it gets to like week 10, week 11, you know, fancy playoffs, week 14, 15, he's going to revert back to running the ball 25 times a game, not giving DK 12 catches. So from a fantasy perspective, I think the appeal of DK Metcalf is higher than what your return is going to be.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.